Episode 11 of Power Play. My name is Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. And we have another great show for you tonight. So why don't you go ahead and introduce the show segments, Peter? Alright, well, this week on episode 11 of Power Play, we're going to be discussing uh, Star Wars video games. Basically, LucasArts has an enormous history of producing uh, quality products with the Star Wars license. For the most in, part. In uh, multiple genres. There are Many glaring exceptions, I think you would agree, Jim. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and as being enormous geeks of Star Wars and gaming, we thought this would be a perfect time to blend those together in one big fat motherfucking episode dedicated to Star Wars games. Oh, Afterwards, yeah. we're going to discuss what uh, listeners have asked us on the forums in the listener question segment. And then, Jim, it's uh, going to be me and you. What are we playing exactly? And uh, is it any good? So uh, I guess we'll start now with the Star Wars segment of yep. our podcast this week. Sounds We're going good. To do top seven list. So the top seven's back. Yeah. I thought it was gone. Honestly, we know you all thought it was gone. But uh, nothing so revolutionary as a top seven list can ever truly die. Oh, no. And no. It, is, it is back with a vengeance. So would you like to start, or... Uh... Uh, why don't you go ahead? All right, I'll go ahead. I'll uh, start with number seven. Top seven Star Wars games of all time. There are so many memorable moments in my gaming history where I have experienced Star Wars and honestly, this first one's going to surprise uh, probably you, Jim. You think so? I'm pretty sure. If I, it's I Galaxies, yeah, it surprises me. I was so disillusioned by Star Wars Galaxies that will only appear on my top most disappointing list. <laughs> okay. But, uh, no, it's Lego Star Wars 1. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. Really? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because I've Why heard not? that that's a very good game, even though I've never played it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm. Are you not surprised at all that it's not two? It, maybe. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. 
A lot of people say that two is really good because it has the it has to do with the classic trilogy. But to be honest with yeah. you, my favorite one was the first Lego Star Wars, and I'll tell you why. The first Lego Star Wars, of course, the first time I had ever experienced Lego Star Wars, which, for one thing, it was so hysterical, <laughs> such a funny combination, and who didn't make some form of a Star Wars Lego toy growing up? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, if you had Legos, you built a Star Wars X-Wing or something, at least. And, you know, that combination just was dead on awesome for me the first time I played it. And the second reason that that is on my list instead of the second one, it actually made episodes one through three interesting. <laughs> Sad that it took a game to do that. Shouldn't the movies have done that? Yes, the movies should have done that, but as we all know, episode one, two, and three sucked ass. Anyway, that that actually made the movies funny and kind of tolerable to watch if you play the movies through uh, the eyes of Lego Star Wars 1. And I was kind of like, wow, these movies wouldn't have been so bad if they hadn't been directed by George Lucas. But anyway, that is my number seven. Did they make fun of Jar Jar at all in that game? Um, Did they kind of cater to the fans and... And kind of uh, act I'm out what the sure fans he was, to. He was uh, even more ridiculous than normal. They at least over-exaggerated his insanity yeah. to, to really point out how glaringly out of place Jar Jar was. Yeah. So, I mean, there was some of that. There was, like, head nods to how pointless and useless he was. <laughs> Can't remember any, like, real satisfying moments of him being completely vaporized or killed. Yeah, you couldn't kill him. what I would like to see. Nah. That's a shame. Alright, well I guess I'll move into my number seven then. My number seven is the original Dark Forces for PC. I love that game. Yeah, I'm, you went kind of new school, I'm going way old school. Absolutely. This was a game that played on... I played it on a 386 over to a friend's house. If that tells you anything about how old this game is. Pretty damn old. <laughs> pretty damn old. But for its time, it was actually pretty impressive. Like, the graphics were amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even definitely. though there was no 3D in this game, it was all uh, pixels. It had cutscenes, too. Did they it have cutscenes? Yeah, it did have yeah, cutscenes. Yeah, they, they weren't FMVs, but they were pretty impressive. They were cool. Yeah, and it was... And Dark Troopers were really awesome. Yeah, it was definitely a fun game. If if you can say nothing else about it. It was the first time a game actually put you in the universe. I mean, in all 3D. You know, it wasn't true 3D, but it really made you, you know, just like Wolfenstein, Doom, and all the, you know, yeah. Duke Nukem. I mean, it put you in a world instead of letting you look at, you know, one 2D slice of it. Yeah. You actually got to explore, you know. It was the pseudo 3D. Yeah, you actually got to be put inside Star Wars. Yeah. For the first time. And it really, it worked well, as far as immersing you in the Star Wars universe. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And uh, I I can remember, there was one thing that was really cool. It, it was like a, a little hidden Easter egg in there. Because this yeah. game was made by LucasArts, and they're also the people that made Sam and Max, right? Yes. And yes. there was, I can't remember which level it was in, but there was... 
some one of the levels you could walk off of a cliff and fall into a ledge, and there was a cave you could go into that when you went into it and you looked at the map, it was shaped like Max, like the rabbit from Sam and Max. Was, really? Yeah, it was kind of a little Easter egg. It was pretty cool. So that's my number seven. Well, then I guess my number six would be... Um Rebel Assault. Wow. That, I, I'm going to go ahead and say what my number six is then, which is Rebel Assault. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. What do you know? Both put um, in there. I don't know about you, but I have a memory that's very fond for the first time I was uh, introduced to this game. It's funny because we're, about earlier. we're both going to have the same, pretty much the same memory. I went over one day to my cousin's house, which we've discussed in previous episodes of Power Plays, the famous Ace Jace, Mm -hmm. who I lived across the street from. And I went across the street, and I went to his house. I came inside, and what was he playing but a game that was on this magical new media called CDs. CDs, oh my god. So he set me down in front of this uh, computer. And he had a joystick, this really cool-looking flight stick hooked up to the PC, mm-hmm. and fired up Rebel Assault. And I played this game with my jaw on the floor, because first of all, this game had, oh my god, FMV cutscenes. It had fully orchestrated John Williams soundtrack, CD quality. It had voice acting. Mm-hmm. And it had graphics that blew the hell out of the Nintendo at the time. Oh, yeah. So I, I go over there, and it's like I am completely immersed in Star Wars. And then the game starts, and I'm controlling this ship, controlling this T-16 Skyhopper. Sky the T-16. I am in Baker's Canyon. And I'm trying to fucking bullseye none other than Womp Rats. And it was amazing. It was amazing. It was just awesome. And I have the exact same uh, experience as you do with that game for the first time. Because I played it over at your cousin's house pretty much exactly in the same fashion you did. Right. Which is kind of bizarre that we put it at the same spot on our list, too. (laughs) That That is strange. But who can forget? I mean... Yeah. I think that was my first experience with a CD-based game. Oh, yeah. Definitely was mine. So, I, I mean, the sounds and the, the richness of, and the dialogue of characters and it all being Star Wars was just so mm-hmm. overwhelming. It was momentous. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's my number six, too. So let's move up to number five. Number five. Number five is a very similar game, but as history would come to show a much, much better game overall. TIE Fighter. Ah, okay. For the PC. Not X-Wing. No, I didn't pick X-Wing, because X-Wing, while being really, you know, the the first in that line of games, in that series of games, was not anywhere nearly as fun to play, in my opinion, as TIE Fighter. I agree completely. Now, I'll tell you a few reasons. TIE Fighter, first of all, gives you the perspective of working for what none of us watching the original Star Wars movies for the first time would ever think about working for. (laughs) That is the fucking Empire. Yep. I mean, no longer are you a rebel 
that's engaging in a noble struggle against this mammoth beast known as the Empire, but you are a grimy, sinister being that's actually working for the bastard fucks of the Empire <laughs> and trying to take people out. Yeah. And this game had actually a really good story, mm-hmm. had some mystery and intrigue, and all in all, I think it had a better 3D engine, because I am... As we've established, a bit of a graphics horror. Yes, you are. I'll tell you, the thing I remember being so cool about this game was the complexity of of the energy system, but the simplicity of it, too. Like, you could could toggle different power levels between your shields and your weapons and your engines. So you could could go really fast, and your shields would be low, and you wouldn't have many shots with your... uh, Lasers, I guess yeah, they are. <laughs> turbo laser. Uh, or you could be really strong with your shields and really slow. And it, it was really, really cool. I had never done that yeah, in game before. Yeah, it was before. a true flight simulator. I mean, this was not some arcade experience like with yeah. Rebel Assault flying through a canyon and going left and right and up and down. You know, this you actually had, you know, you had to manage your energy and your resources. And you had to really be good at dogfighting, mm-hmm. basically. And it was just simple enough to not be overly complex and be too hard to understand. So I, I really enjoyed that the part of it. most immersive games in Star Wars history. Um, I, I grew up, and I grew up playing this game primarily at friends' houses and at my cousin's house. I don't really have a lot of... I didn't have a lot of personal time with it in my own home because, of course, during the TIE Fighter era, I actually didn't have a PC. I was console man. <laughs> console man. What was your number five, Jim? Uh, my number five is one you played, I'm sure, as console man. Uh, Rogue Squadron for the N64. Rogue Squadron for the N64. Did you play it with or without the uh, RAM expansion pack? With. The it's the only way to play it. With the, the expansion. Way, it really did help with the anti-aliasing. Took out a lot of jackies. Yeah, but uh, it was a very, very fun game. Um, it was kind of like Rebel Assault, except you played it on uh, the first analog stick for the, the home consoles. Yeah. And it, the controls were very intuitive, and it was uh, the thing that I really remember about it was the, uh, the Hoth levels. Where you had to rope the uh, ATSTs or ATATs, armored assault. ATATs. Yeah. All terrain attack transports. Yeah, you had to rope the ATATs, and you could take them down. That was a lot of fun. Which you could also do in a in a game known as uh, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. For the Nintendo 64, you could do that in the first level of that game, but it wasn't yeah. nearly as impressive. Yeah, Rogue Squadron was cool for the Hoth levels. I thought. And, of course, the rest of it was good, too, but I really enjoyed the Hoth levels. Indeed. I, I didn't know that it was on PC also. Did not know that until I looked it up today. Was it really? Uh, apparently. According to Wikipedia, it was on PC as well. Sweet. All right. What's, uh, what's your number four? Number four happens to be an old-school game as well. Super Empire Strikes Back. For the Super Nintendo. Wow. This is by far, in my opinion, the best 
Star Wars game for the Super Nintendo. It was better than Super Star Wars. It was better than Super Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Just like the movies, this is the best <laughs> Super Nintendo Star Wars game. The, the one right in the middle, Empire Strikes Back. And, and this game really captured the intensity of the movies, I thought. You were, you were Luke, you had a lightsaber, you could use force powers... It all controlled very intuitively. You could ride on a tauntaun. You could fly, you know, you could fly through pseudo 3D missions. Yeah, no, you I could that fight was lame. Darth Vader. <laughs> um, it was pretty amazing. I mean, it really felt like Star Wars. And it, the, I mean, the graphics for the time were all 2D. Yeah. yeah. They were sprites and bitmaps, but they still looked really good for Super Nintendo graphics. Yeah. And, I don't know, I just think it's uh, one of the greatest Star Wars games that LucasArts ever made. I, I will agree with you that that's the best of the Super Nintendo series, because I would have picked Return of the Jedi, but I didn't like the end, the ending levels of those. They were just, they didn't seem to fit in the game. So yeah, Empire Strikes Back, I'll agree, is the best for the Super Nintendo. There we go. <laughs> Just need to pay you off before each taping. Yep, and, that uh, thirty bucks you gave me. That will uh, uh, make this a whole lot easier. <laughs> episodes. All right. God, we need Nintendo to have a Wii version of this game. Yeah, we need Nintendo to have a Wii version of any, any Star, Star Wars, Wars game, game where I can use a lightsaber. Yes. That's what everyone wants. Everybody's to do. waiting for that. Nintendo. And if you say you're not waiting, you're a liar. Who? What? The Wii Remote was created so it would be a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, Miyamoto said, "Fuck it, let's just make the new controller a lightsaber handle." And everybody's yep. like, "Awesome, we'll call it the Wii Remote." It's funny because my dad actually has a, a lightsaber remote control, not for the Wii, for his TV. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That so was the coolest not... remote control. We were all like, man, this is awesome. And now you could actually have your Wii remote be a lightsaber in a, in a Star Wars game. Yep. Scrap Red Steel 2. Let's go <laughs> Jedi Knight 4. It'd be cool if they released uh, like a, a sheath for it that was shaped as a lightsaber. Oh, God. So you could slide it in a lightsaber hilt. That would be awesome. Slide it in. <laughs> Control over the lightsaber. That yeah. would either be really awesome or really gimmicky. <laughs> Can't tell. You you would be ridiculed if you had that. Well, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, my number four is a game we already talked a little bit about, Shadows of the Empire for the N64. A lot of people hated this game. <laughs> a lot a of people lot hated of this people. game. Oh, yeah. But I loved it. Actually, I, I'm surprised it's not higher on my list. It should be. But uh, the other games are just better games. But this was definitely my favorite N64 uh, Star Wars game. Really? And I think the reason a lot of people didn't like it is because you were playing as Kyle Katarn, or whatever his name is. No, that's Jedi Knight. You're playing as Dash Rendar. In Dash this Rendar, yeah, that's his name. And uh, people, I don't think, liked that. I think they wanted to be... Luke or or one of the mainstream characters. Yeah, sure. And they didn't understand the story because you're fighting. You got to go fight Zizor or Shizor. Shizor, yeah. And uh, 
I just think people didn't like it because of the storyline and because of the character you were yeah, playing. Yeah, they felt a little alienated from the story of Star Wars. Yeah. And having already have read the novel mm-hmm. of uh, Shadows of the Empire, already know who Dash Rendar and the Outrider is, yeah. I already know how he ties in with the plot of Empire Strikes Back and leads into Return of the Jedi, I was pumped and ready. I mean, yeah. probably... A, I think that's the only Star Wars novel that was ever released that had a soundtrack made to it. Did you realize that? They made a soundtrack they for the a, novel? They made a soundtrack for the novel of Shadows <laughs> of the Empire. It was an enormous event, because this is pre-prequel time. Yeah. And, yeah. and Star Wars fans for, were rabid for <laughs> some kind of major content that was Star Wars related. And there, of course, wasn't going to be until... The flop of the Phantom Menace in episode in '99, mm-hmm. so which box office smash, but in my opinion, is a fan of flop. Yeah, sucks ass. But they made a soundtrack to go along with the reading of each chapter of this book. Wow, I did not know that. I mean, it was enormous. This is a big, what big happens. Time. What happens if you're a slow reader? You gotta well, you, you gotta put it on repeat. You gotta and... put it on repeat, I guess. <laughs> Okay. It's a cool idea. I guess. It, it would be more distracting to me while I'm trying to read. Yeah. If all of a sudden I'm I'm at the most boring part of the chapter and the music swells dramatically. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I didn't read fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what? it's the he's duel just, of fates and he's he picking his He picked up a nose. fork. <laughs> he's eating a jujube fruit. <laughs> Moral, moral. A juju fruit. Juju fruit. I don't know. My favorite Juicy Star Wars fruit. snack. Anyway, um, yeah, it. Uh, I was going to say that. What are we talking about? Shadows of the Empire, man. Yeah. You know, they made the soundtrack for it. <laughs> yeah, I had read the book. Yeah, so did I, and I read a lot of the EU books at that time, which I think is why I liked it so much because I was really into the extended universe and the kind oh, of offbeat. extended universe. I was like, what is EU books? Is that like a college? Or? <laughs> no. Extended universe. It's a right, uh, right. shorthand. Yeah. Um, but I had read a lot of those books, like Tales of the Bounty Hunters, and and it was uh, I was really into that stuff at the time, so I liked the game. Screw what everybody else says. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of control issues, and there were a lot of people complaining about the quality of the graphics, but you could use <laughs> a fucking jetpack in the game. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you fought IG-88. You fought IG-88, which is my favorite Star Wars character of all time. Yeah, he is super cool, and you get to fight <laughs> and him. And you fought uh, Boba Fett, too, in this jetpack fight. Yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. And he's got the Slave 1 hovering above him. And yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, not to mention the fact that you got to engage in the Battle of Hoth. And, yeah. I mean, you really got to experience different forms of gameplay, and I, I agree they were not all perfected, but mm-hmm. the, it was so much variety, and it was it was a unique story that dealt with, you know, the inner intertwined with the classic stories, and it was just the first 3D Star Wars game I ever saw that was true polygonal 3D graphics. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, I liked it. This is awesome. All right. Well, that's my number four. Very good choice, sir. Uh, Thank number you. three for me is, um, in fact, a better game. Ah, oh, screw you. 
No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, uh, you can take your lightsaber and screw yourself. Because this is <laughs> My lightsaber Jedi remote. Knight 2. Jedi Outcast. Hmm. Perfecting lightsaber combat one lightsaber style at a time. Interesting. This game is the shiznit. And while it wasn't as a profound experience with me as seeing the original Jedi Knight, because mm-hmm. that was as exciting as I can describe. First, yeah. first time seeing in 3D a guy light up and ignite a fucking lightsaber. Yep, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> and seeing the guy gain force powers and shoot force lightning in the game out of his hands. While we're talking... lighter dark side, and it was just so great. While well, we're talking about the Jedi Knight game, I, I didn't pick it, it's not on my list. Um, but the original Jedi Knight is one of the first games that I played at LAN parties. Like, it was that game in Half-Life, and I've, I've said that before, but yeah. <laughs> I remember the guy who, who introduced me to LAN parties and introduced me to this game, he, <laughs> he would cheat. He would cheat at Jedi Knights because there was a way where there, what happened is you had different levels of power to your Force abilities, yeah, and and normally in the game you you would pick it through the menu and you could choose like one to eight or something like that. Yeah, and what he did is bef- he would go into the config file and edit the uh, force powers to go up to ten, so he would have two extra levels above you, and oh. you couldn't compete. He would just, I mean, he would pick you up and crush you in one, like one death choke or whatever. One force choke. Yeah, one force choke, or he would jump super high to where you could never get him, or he would cheat all the time, and he would never tell us how to do it, and I, I thought that was funny. Well, that makes sense. I think I know who you're talking about, because uh, <laughs> there is a cheater that I think he's cheated his whole life, basically. <laughs> Hopefully he won't cheat on his wife, but... <laughs> oh, no. I mean, God, yeah, that's not yeah. fair. I wondered why he would always force choke me to death in like three seconds. Yeah, my but health plus, would be down he, to nothing. I mean, he was just good. Period. He anyway, he was good at it. But then it why, didn't help that he had. Why cheat if you're good? <laughs> why not cheat? Is the question. Well, I guess that's I mean, that's the question he asks. Apparently, he asked that instead of why cheat. <laughs> I just think if you're really good anyway, you're. You're wanting to challenge yourself further instead of cheating your way out of, you know. Nah, you just wanted to kill people. Right on. But anyway, we're not talking about Jedi Knight. I just wanted to relate that story. Jedi Knight 2, its successor, in my opinion, was very amazing for the fact that it lets you slow down time. It started this whole kind of bullet time with the... Yeah. The, with the force, and you could slow down time. You could, like, run against walls and jump and walk on the walls. Yeah. Your lightsaber would actually cut through anything, and you would see the burn mo- holes through stuff as you would poke your lightsaber around the levels. Um, the graphics, the story, the dialogue, everything about it was really, really well done. It was a good game. And uh, playing that game won me a copy of Star Wars Episode One Racer for the PC. I came in second at the Star Wars convention here in Indianapolis in 2002. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it was there that I won a copy of Episode One Racer. I still haven't opened that game. It's uh, 
in my closet. I don't think I'll ever open it because I want it, you know, playing a tournament of Jedi Knight 2. Yeah, at the time, had you even played the Jedi Knight 2? It was the first time I had ever played the game. <laughs> it's like unreal for me. Yeah. yeah. Except I wasn't first. I got second. Well, first, still. I want a copy of the game. I was so pissed. Because I wanted the game, and I was like, oh my god, I'd get a free copy of this game that I actually was would buy like a week later. But mm-hmm. I could have gotten it for free. Yep, if you were only a little bit better. Abuse my <laughs> children for the rest of their natural lives because of that. Thank you, god. Anyway. Yeah, I know that you have another story about this, too. This is not the only J.I. Outcast story you have. The next story I have about this game um, really does make me feel like an outcast because uh, I was at the Star Wars convention 2002. This is Celebration 2 prior to the release of Episode 2 of Star Wars. And an amazing event, if you're a Star Wars fan at all, and you go to one of these conventions, which will never be the same again because the celebrations were just for, you know, prior releases to the prequel trilogy movies. Yeah. And they're going to have conventions again, but I don't think they'll be nearly as as grandiose. So I was able to go to actually Celebration 2 and Celebration 3. Thank God they were here in Indianapolis. Yeah. Because I would have never gone otherwise. But I go to this convention, and I'm hyped up about Star Wars in general all the time. And I pick up a box of uh, Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, which, which I buy about a week later. And I notice on the back of it, it has this enormous star-like icon that's trying to really and shout out of the box and tell me, oh, guess what? As if this game isn't awesome enough as it is already with the the new graphics, lightsaber effects, force powers, and story, this game actually has Billy D. Williams <laughs> reprising his role as Lando Calrissian for this game's effects. Wow. Now, I already played a little bit of this game, enough to know that when you contact Lando Calrissian's character in the game, he actually goes on a lot about his ship and and a lot of dialogue that's not just stripped from his role in the classic movies. Yeah. And it's all Billy D. Williams, so surely to God he had to have recorded it right. <laughs> I would assume I mean, so. And the box says that, that Lando is voiced by the actual Billy D. So, I'm really enthused about this aspect of the game, and as a Billy D. Williams fan in general, I, of course, go to the event in the convention where he has an interview in one of the big auditoriums. Mm-hmm. So, me and my friends, we go there to see Billy D. Williams, and we're sitting there in the auditorium, and here he comes out, Lando Calrissian, and then he comes out, and the music they play music to introduce him, and... Mm-hmm. Man, he looks kind of old and wrinkly, but so do all the old, you know, stars. Leia, especially, was horrific to see. I don't know, man. Carrie he was Fisher. on he was on Scrubs not too long ago, and he was looking uh, maybe plastic surgery, but he was looking pretty smooth, pretty smooth. Really? Yeah, like an old Lando. 
Well, actually, he was looking more plastic and fake than the old Lando. That old smoothie. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I'm excited. I'm cheering. I, I like Billy D. Williams. I really do, and I like his character Lando Calrissian. And I actually, some somewhere inside of me, I, uh, I, I gather enough, you know, raw willpower in my stomach to my gut to get up to the mic because they open. <clears throat> the uh, event to audience questions. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to stand out in this crowd of Star Wars geeks and ask a really, really good question to Billy D. Williams himself. So I, I'm kind of nervous, but I, I walk up and I get in line. Mm-hmm. And then it comes time. Here I am. I'm at the microphone. I, I'm being told by the MC, okay, go ahead and um, what's your name? Say, oh, I'm Peter Street. And they go, oh, yeah, I know, you have a podcast. No, that, <laughs> they didn't say anything like that. I say, yeah, I'm Peter Street. And he says, okay, well, uh, what's your question for Billy? And I say, well, Mr. Williams, you know, I'm being respectful. Mm-hmm. And I say, Mr. Williams, I, I noticed that recently on the newly released game by LucasArts, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, it says on the box that you did the voice work for Lando Calrissian, the character of Lando Calrissian in the game. And that was pretty exciting to me, and I was just wondering, what was it like for you to to finally be able to reprise your role as this classic, iconic character, you know, which we're all there to, to see you for? Yeah, pretty good question. And I was really excited about the question, wanted to hear the answer. <laughs> and the next thing I know out of Billy's mouth, he says, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's it. That's all he says into his microphone. What are you talking about? I can only, I can only hope that he was joking. I, and I said, well, I just saw on this, on the box, it says that you're Lando again. <laughs> and he goes, I have no memory of, uh, of of ever doing any work like that. I'm sorry. That's, oh, no. Everybody was just like like staring at me like I'm some alien. And <laughs> he uh, he was like totally flabbergasted. You thought you had this great, fantastic question for him. And everyone was going to stand up and cheer when you asked oh, yeah. him. Yes. <laughs> and instead, what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, he turns you, you into about? the village idiot. Absolutely, <laughs> and I thought, oh Jesus Christ, here I am, up on you know everybody up on stage, everybody's looking at me, yeah. and I thought I had a killer question. And Billy D. Williams says, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I ever did any voice work for games. I, I would remember that. I don't, I never did any work on a video game. <laughs> Uh, and then the MC's like, okay, 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 okay. Next question, <laughs> and, I, and I'm rushed off. Wow! I was so fucking flabbergasted <laughs> and disillusioned. I thought I was in another dimension. How can he not remember? He must have been coked out. <laughs> he did look a little strung out there, even. <laughs> but uh, damn. Come on, Billy. I, th- I mean, we're all there to see you because you were fucking Lando Calrissian, yeah. man. If he wasn't Lando Calrissian, he had no business being on stage. 
and he would have never been there. No one would have ever known who he was. And we would have been, oh, it's another old, strung-out coke addict. And, of course, he's played Lando Calrissian. We know who he is. Obviously. We love him. And we're there to support that. And I ask him what I think is a, is one of the best questions I can think of is, what was it like to play that classic role one more time? <laughs> You know, what was it like to do it? I know you're just doing voice work, yeah. but what was it like to play that character just once more? That classic character that I get to play and have fun with in this new Star Wars video game. Oh. And he says he has no clue what I'm talking about, and he's confused by my question. And it just totally shattered my ideal of, uh, of I don't know, I just, I just... The continuity of Star Wars just started to unravel before my very eyes. <laughs> yep, you couldn't suspend your disbelief anymore. No, I'll never, I'll never forget the rude awakening I, I, I had that day. I wonder if the crowd was silenced because they knew that he had done the voices, or because they just thought you were an idiot. Well, the looks I was getting was uh, was telling me that I was an idiot. <laughs> Oh, no. Because everybody was like, stop fucking Billy. I mean, stop confusing <laughs> Billy D. Williams, you asshole, and making shit up. I mean, that's basically what I was getting from the crowd. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, my God, I wish I had the box here. Yeah. I'd be like, look here on the box. Look here, old man. Lando Calrissian voiced... By Billy D. Williams. Is that a different Billy D. Williams? Because it certainly sounded like you when I was playing it five minutes ago. I don't know. That would have blown my mind. About it. Man. I don't understand. I'll never understand what happened that day. Unless Billy D. Williams suffers from Alzheimer's. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what the box says. Yeah. Well, oh, well. I don't think the box would lie. I think it's more likely that Billy D would lie. Yeah, he lied to me. Billy D Williams, you lied to me. I think that would be funny if he just flat out lied. He knew what you were talking about. I know you're listening to this, Billy. Yeah, Billy, you asshole. You lied, you asshole. I'm not going to call him an asshole because uh, he did a great job as Barry Gordy in the Jackson 5, Michael Jackson movie, whatever. Plays on VH1, like, twice a day. Billy D. Williams, you're an asshole. No, you're not. Billy D., send me your autograph. Don't send it to Peter. Yeah, I don't want it. I'd piss on it burn it. <laughs> you don't exist anymore. Apparently, you don't exist, because you voice things you don't even remember. <laughs> God. No, I think they got a, a voice double and just said it was him. <laughs> Uh, then fuck you, LucasArts. You made me look like an ass in front of Billy D. Williams <laughs> and a thousand Star Wars fans. Yep. All oh, right. Wow. Well, uh, I think that wraps up that uh, game. It was a great game. That That's a great <laughs> story, too. I mean, how many people can say that they've been humiliated by <laughs> Billy D. Williams? Not many. <laughs> Actually, probably everyone he meets, <laughs> but not Asshole. many people I know. All right, what number were we on? Three? Number number three. Number three. Okay, well, my number three is a game that we already mentioned, so we won't talk about it again, you game really? stealer. Really? Yep, I ranked it higher. Jedi Knight 2? No. Screw that game. No, I chose TIE Fighter as my number three. 
Ah. Because I enjoyed it a lot. Well, what did you like about it? You played it more than I did. Yeah, well, I already said what I liked about it. I said uh, the the energy system and balancing that between shields and engines. and. No, that fire. was prior to every single computer game coming automatically with an online mode, right? Um, did X-Wing have one? No, I don't believe it did. I think there was no online play hmm. in that series until X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. Pretty sure. That's that's possible. I, d- I know I never played TIE Fighter multiplayer, so that is a possibility. I can't remember, to be honest. There was X-Wing Academy. Ooh, never played that. Yeah. Sounds like shit. I believe that's believe that's what it was called. It's what X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter should have been, if that's the correct name of it. I don't know. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so TIE Fighter's my number three, and we talked All about right. it. Well, we've discussed that enough, I guess. Yep. Number two on my top seven of all time Star Wars games is Rogue Squadron 2. Really? For the GameCube. Uh, I played it. I played it a little bit. That game had, when it came out, the best graphics in any Star Wars game that had ever been released prior to it, hands down. Hands down? Hands down, get out of town. (laughs) (laughs) It had the best graphics that I'd ever seen, probably in a game period, when it came out. And to play it was completely exhilarating. And all of the stages not only were completely revamped and rethought-up versions of the great game of the Nintendo 64 era, but they looked just flat-out jaw-droppingly amazing. And of course, once more, I am a graphics whore. And seeing four simultaneous textures on the water... Oh, God. ...that the... ATATs are walking out of from a crashed Star Destroyer that you had just crashed down onto the planet the previous level uh-huh. and watching them make their way onto the planet's surface and trying to, you know, formulate structures and you're flying over it, destroying them and roping you know, ATAT legs and blowing them up and capturing nodes and giving orders to your squadron which is why it was called Rogue Squadron 2 is uh, you could actually, for the first time in the Rogue Squadron series, issue commands, generalized commands, to your wing partners with the flick of the D-pad. Interesting. You could tell them to go attack other targets or to to watch your back or or just to... You could tell them to, to go back to the ship. You could tell them to get out get lost. <laughs> so it was, uh, and you'd do it yourself. So, I mean, it was great. It actually followed the story arc of the games and added more to the movies and the plots there. So it was just a, an amazing game, both both in the game mechanics, but also in the in the visuals. Completely, immensely blown away. And there were so many extras and bonuses to unlock and medals to to get and extra ships to unlock. It was just... I was addicted to it for months and months and months on end. You know what? This is going to sound completely insane, but the reason I didn't like Rebel Assault 2 is because it was on a disc. What? (laughs) 
<laughs> I told you. It was going to sound insane. Uh, are you? Did you mean Rogue Squadron 2? What did I say? You said Rebel Assault 2. <laughs> that even makes it sound more insane. Yeah, I meant Rogue Squadron 2. Because Rebel Assault 2 was also on a disc. Yes, but so was Rebel Assault. Uh, no, 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 no. Rogue Squadron 2. That's what I mean. I'm so not bad about it being on a disc. I don't know. At the time, I had a, a bias against the discs because I was coming off of my N64 trip. But discs were awesome. You 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 said you loved discs when you first played Rebel Assault. Yep, because uh, I didn't realize that it was a disc at the time. I had no idea. But it was. Wow. I don't know. It was something about the format, the media format. Really? Yeah, to be honest, yes. And it makes no sense. It was the first disc-based Nintendo system, which is actually what had me excited about the GameCube. For God's sakes, I waited in line for the GameCube. (laughs) Who can say that? Uh, I waited in line for GameCube. I was the only one in line. (laughs) You might as well just say, I'm a complete tool. <laughs> I waited in line for the GameCube. I drove through fog too. It was foggy <laughs> as hell that morning. I, I drove got a through car wreck. Fog. And I sat outside in this hard metal chair at the and I worked at this place. The manager yeah, came to the door and he was like, Dude, you work here, wait inside. And he let me in. And I felt like such a tool. Were you the only I was one sitting there? on this chair I was sitting on this chair. Playing like my Game Boy Advance, I think I was playing Golden Sun for Game Boy God. Advance, a great game. And I was sitting there on my game, on my fucking numb ass, which literally got numb on these hard ass <laughs> chairs. And I was sitting on this chair I brought from home inside while people set up the shop that I worked in, and they were just staring at me periodically, going, "Isn't that, isn't that Peter Street? Doesn't he work here?" <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I work here. They're like, what the hell are you doing here? You don't work today. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, but the GameCube comes out. They're like, what? I said, GameCube. What's a GameCube? <laughs> I said, it's by Nintendo. Who's Nintendo? Oh, They're come like, on. Sony? No, seriously, people there were, I mean, this was back when Sony was king. Who's man. Nintendo? People, like, Nintendo's making another machine? Shouldn't they give up by uh, now? I and mean, nobody was uh, waiting in line with you? I was by myself. Oh, my God. That makes it so much worse. <laughs> I know. I, I just felt like the biggest numbskull in the world. Yeah. I got there. There was By the time the store opened, there were about three people waiting. And I was kind of worried maybe I wouldn't get a copy because they'd be like, they'd think, oh, he's the third guy. And I'm like, no, I've been here for six hours. I'm the first guy. Hmm. But anyway, I got my copy of... Uh, Rogue Squadron 2 and Luigi's Mansion, I was happy. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was something about... And it wasn't even... It, it wasn't the same for other games. It was just Rogue Squadron. Maybe because I experienced it first with the cartridge for the, yeah, the that's N64. That's just something wrong with your brain, man. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. If but you just played the game more, I think you would have gotten over it. Maybe so. But I didn't, so I didn't like Rogue Squadron 2. I didn't ever play it long enough to get over my... Uh, discophobia. All right. That's fair. All right. Well, what's your number two, then? My number two is <laughs> one of the only Jedi Knight games we've not talked about yet. I think the only one. No. Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. 
And it's it's very interesting because this came out, I believe, after Jedi Knight 2, right? Oh, yeah. So, a year afterwards. So the progression of the Jedi Knight series is Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight. Then they drop the Dark Forces and just call it Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. Then they drop the 2 from Jedi Knight and just call this Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up, huh? <laughs> Does that make any sense? No. No, none whatsoever. But this, uh, I think this is my favorite Jedi Knight game. I actually recently bought this. Well, recently, meaning like six months ago. I bought oh, yeah. it in a, at a game store I work at. I bought it. It was only nine ninety nine. Hmm. Ten bucks, and Not I played bad. this game religiously for about two weeks. Yeah, and it is actually—I thought it would be not as good as Jedi Knight Two, but it's a great game. It's really good, and it's another one of those EU stories. So I, I really, I really enjoyed it because it kind of follows not the same story as the Jedi Academy trilogy, the books. Yeah, but it has the same vibe to it, and I really love the Jedi Academy trilogy. Yeah, so did I, Kevin J. Anderson. A lot of people yeah. hate his writings. Oh man, I love him. He's I fantastic. Really like him. Yeah, yes, he is. And so this game was right up my alley. I really like this. Yeah, because you're dealing with Luke and the students at the mm-hmm. New Jedi Academy, and, and you start out as a, a student. You're uh, you're yeah. Kyle Katarn still, right? And you've like um, no, not in this game. No, you're not. You're you're a different character. Kyle Katarn okay. is in in the game, but you don't actually. This is oh, the first time right. in the Jedi Knight series. This is the first time actually since Dark Forces you don't actually play as Kyle Katarn. Huh. Maybe that's why they you're, went. You're a student, back. which is why it's called Jedi Academy. Yeah, you're a yeah. part. You're a member. Yeah, I definitely of the academy. I remember that part where you're training in the academy, and you've. It's kind of like the tutorial levels. Where they teach you how to yeah, do all this stuff. This is stuff. the first time, I believe, in the in the history of the, the franchise where you're not, you know, you can actually have light and dark powers simultaneously. Yeah. And, and there's no big decision-making moment like there was in the first Jedi Knight where you actually choose permanently to be a dark Jedi or a light Jedi. Mm-hmm. Which was something I thought was really awesome in the first game, because it was more like a role-playing game, really. Because your actions were judged and calculated at the end of each level. And the darker the deeds you did, like, for example, if you pulled a gun using the force out of a stormtrooper's hand, mm-hmm. and you shot the stormtrooper with his own weapon, <laughs> you would gain dark points from that. It's kind of like the system that they had in, in KOTOR, but it was behind the scenes. You didn't actually... Feel yeah. it happening. It was very rudimentary and weak and simple, but it was still there, and just because it was there, it was pretty cool. Yep. Pretty exciting. Yeah, but uh, Jedi Academy, that's my favorite Jedi Knight game. Probably the best overall, probably, really. Well, then why I mean, didn't you pick it? It's not on my list. Not on my list, because Jedi Knight 2, I, I just have a lot... Uh, <laughs> You've got the great stories behind it. A lot it. of sweeter memories and great <laughs> stories that that intertwine with it, so I guess that's part of my liking it better. I guess that's a great story. <laughs> well, it's a great story in the sense that it almost made me commit suicide from depression, but... Ah, uh, yes. Great story indeed. It's a great drama. <laughs> anyway, what about your uh, number one? 
the best Star All Wars right, game. Everyone, drum roll, please. Number one Star Wars game of all time, Knights of the Old Republic. Boo, what a shitty game. What? Anybody who likes Knights of the Republic can eat a dick. Well, call me gay, because I'll stuff that bitch down my throat if that's what it takes. Fuck that. What's so good Knights about Knights of the, of the Old Republic? Republic is by far the greatest Star Wars game oh, ever. Oh, why? Why? Tell me why. You're ridiculous. I'll tell you exactly All why. right, fine. First of all, it's the first Star Wars role-playing game developed that ever got it right. Second of all, it's made by role-playing game company Geniuses um, with the name of BioWare. Perhaps you've heard of games called Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights. Yep. Knights of the Old Republic made you feel like you were actually in the Star Wars universe. Made you feel like every decision you made, either light or dark, was truly impacting the environment around you. Made me feel like I had an aneurysm. No other game in in all of gaming history have I played that has shocked me as much as Knights of the Old Republic when it's first revealed who your character's background actually is. Because you start making any class you want. You can be any class that's not a Force user, and you have no real background story. And as you play the game, more and more of your background is actually revealed and until finally they reveal who your character is. And I was just, I was floored. The characters are amazing. The options are amazing. It's based on the great 3.5 version of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, Everything is interactive. Um, You get great powers. Your physical appearance changes. If you go dark side, you get yellow eyes and your face starts to be more gaunt and wrinkly like the emperor you uh it's just a it's an amazing game it's it's by far the best star wars game ever made but what's so good about it what is so good about it that it makes it number one on your list there are so many great features it's hard to narrow it down it really is i mean it's like saying what's so good about breathing oxygen i mean <laughs> Wow, that's uh, the overstatement of the millennium. It's it's by far one of my favorite games of all time. I believe it was on my top seven. Uh, as a matter yeah, of fact, I know it was on my top seven. Yep. Favorite games of all time. So, uh, by far my favorite Star Wars game. If you have not played KOTOR, go do yourself a favor, and whatever fucking game you're playing right now, burn it piss on it to, to extinguish the fire. Pop this motherfucker in. Take the next week off work. Play it solid straight through. And once you're finished and you've had that entire religious experience of KOTOR, then you will know exactly why it's one of the best not only Star Wars games, but best one of the best games games of all time. Now, you played... Knights of the Old Republic on the Xbox, right? Yes. Yes, I did. <clears throat> Maybe I have the feelings I have about it because I played it on the PC. Was it different at all? 
No, the PC version was pretty much the same, except the controls were obviously different. Hmm. You didn't control it with a with a control pad. You controlled it with keyboard and mouse. Plus, you could potentially actually have better visuals on the PC since you could play it in higher resolutions. Well, okay. Content-wise, though, it was the exact same game. Well, I guess I'll move into my number one, then. My number All one right. is... Yeah? Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic. Huh? Yes, KOTOR. You are an ass. <laughs> it is the, hands down, hands down, my pants. Get out of town. The best Star Wars game Get I've ever town. played. Get out of town. It really is. For all the reasons you mentioned. Why would you give me flack about it and then have it be your number one? I was one? building suspense for my number one. You're an asshole. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic game. Fantastic. And the well, story... If, it's go- if you're going to put me through all that bullshit, <laughs> oh, no. then I demand, demand that you tell me why it's on your top... Why it's your number one. I will tell you in one word. Two words. Two words. Two words. The story... Okay. Even if this game yeah. was controlled, <laughs> I don't know, with a steering wheel, <laughs> with no buttons, that would be horrible. <laughs> it would be terrible, but the story would be worth it alone. Because Yeah, the story is so magnificent. I, I don't want to go into spoilers, do I? I wouldn't go into specifics. Okay, I won't go into specifics, but like Peter said, if you have not played this game... Throw yourself into uh, <laughs> a barrel, roll off of Niagara Falls, get out and play this game, <laughs> because... Drown yourself in the Baltic Sea. Yeah, so spin you yourself above the Baltic Sea and play this game. Please. Because I, I will tell you, the story alone is worth it. It's amazing. Yes, it will have you completely consumed. Yep. And your ability to make decisions in the game and influence your character and to really... It's the first game I ever really played where it's actually felt like I was doing role-playing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because how many games out there... It did feel like that. And we've had a recent debate on this on our forums yeah. about how most of the role-playing games nowadays... Let's just take Warcraft, for example. I mean, I could play it. I'm not afraid to bring it up. Let's take World of Warcraft as an example. I mean, mm-hmm. there are truly, by and large, majority of the World of Warcraft players out there are what, you know, you would call power gamers. Yeah. And they basically play to collect the best items and to be more of a killer and kick-ass character than, you know, everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I pick up, like, for example, the latest Final Fantasy, which I have here in my hands, Final Fantasy XII, I go through an adventure that's completely scripted, completely thought out from beginning to end, and I basically watch a movie. Yeah, you're on I a watch rail. this story. And, and the, the extent of role-playing comes from which which powers I unlock for the individual characters on a grid. Yeah. You know, so really, I'm not really influencing their character as much as I am their powers. You can do nothing to change the story of that game. 
You just go through and you accomplish tasks. You tweak out your character's technical abilities. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to actually being or role-playing that character, the most you get is watching that character that you play as go through a a scripted event. Yep. Knights of the Old Republic changes all this. Knights of the Old Republic is a true role-playing game made by the great company BioWare. Mm -hmm. And inside Knights of the Old Republic, you can do anything you can imagine as far as the plot is concerned. You can tell people to go fuck themselves. You can run across (laughs) beggars in the street that ask for money, and you can give them money and be a hero and then go discover something new that they have to show you because you were so nice. Or you can hold them up at at gunpoint and steal their last dime and and have them cry at you and how you're starving their family. You can... You can destroy an entire planet's ecosystem and be banned from it, never go back there again. Or you can be their messiah and you can save the place. You can be the dark dictator of the universe or you can be the salvation of the universe. You can have love interests or you can kill the love interests. Or you can brainwash the other people with your powers of the force to have them kill them. The opportunities that the game gives you to really role play are innumerable. Yeah, definitely. It, and it's so immersive, and wow, what a great game! There are so many options in this game as far as as far as choices that you can make. It it feels to me like the difference between a digital game and an analog game, or a digital storyline and an analog storyline. Like in Final Fantasy XII, it's all digital. It's this choice or that choice, yeah. and uh, you have like no leeway. But with Knights of the Old Republic, every choice you've made before the choice you're about to make affects what happens with the choice that you're making now. It, yeah. it really it's it's multi layered and it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, and I it, influ- it. it not only influences plot but also gameplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of course, you can trick out what your character wears. You can trick out his stats. It's all based on the D&D engine, so you, you have that full technical freedom like you see in all Final Fantasies. Yeah. And on top of that, you just have an amazing story with great characters and complete control over how your character, his character actually develops. So it's a true role-playing adventure. Yep. It's what I and think every course, RPG it's, it's, should be. Yeah, every RPG should actually be an RPG. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you should role play for God's sakes, and you're able to do that in, in what I think is the definitive Bioware masterpiece. Not only is it such a great game, like we've mentioned, but as a true geek, I was totally flipped out because oh my God, the setting is the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I mean, hog heaven. <laughs> For, for a geek or a fan of, of both gaming and Star Wars. Which we most definitely were and are. Yeah, both accounts, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's both of our number, number ones, one. and I think rightly so. Absolutely. Well, I think that's going to do it for the Star Wars segment, the top seven. We, as always, have some listener questions that we need to get to. Alrighty. Uh, not quite the same... Really tough, involved questions this time, but still a couple of good ones nonetheless. Lay them on me. All right, I will do exactly that. 
uh, Frost on our forums, a a listener from the Netherlands. I think he might be only, only the only one we have over there. So far. So far. We're taking over the world. One country at a time. <laughs> but uh, Frost asks us about the Wii's control scheme and how it would how well do we think it would work with RTS games? Do we think it would be better on the Wii than other home consoles? And to that I have to say a resounding yes. I would agree. I would Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. Because you can you can play an RTS with a controller, a regular controller. Yeah. But it's very tedious and it's very slow. It's it's kind of like the FPS situation between consoles and PCs. If yeah. you were to play someone on a console at an RTS game who was playing on a PC, you would get thrashed. Yes, you would. <laughs> because you just can't select units nearly as fast as someone using a mouse. Now, with the Wii controller, I would say it's highly possible that it would be Maybe pretty better. analogous to a mouse. Yeah. I mean, just hit the A button and then, you know, flick your wrist and you've highlighted half the screen. Yeah. I really think it would work very well. So do I. I think potentially even better. I mean, you wouldn't have you the think? micro options, really. You couldn't get your micro down with the uh, yeah. keyboard being absent. Yeah. But um, you could really have a lot of control, uh, a whole lot at least superior control on a Wii RTS, you know, than you would on any other console at least. Oh, definitely, definitely. It'd be interesting to see what they could do with like uh, maybe the the uh, nunchuck controller. Yeah. See if if maybe they could map uh, like your they could do the binds on the nunchuck. So like if you press the analog stick in a certain direction while holding down Z, it'll assign it. And then if yeah. you push it in a certain certain direction while not holding down Z, it will select that group. That's a good uh, good idea. Yeah, maybe good that's idea. a possibility. I still don't think you would have the the greatness of the the micro possibilities of the keyboard. Yeah, probably. But not. it would still be uh, still be able to micromanage things pretty pretty well if they did some type of mapping with the nunchuck. Yeah, I think so. So I think they would work really well. The only problem I would have is I have very unsteady hands when they don't have any support. So like holding the Wii controller out in front of me. Trying yeah. to select units might be difficult, especially if they have like a sidebar where I have to select what I want to build. Yeah. I would be clicking on the wrong shit all the time. What do you have uh, these Michael J. Fox have? <laughs> Marty, I'm back to the future. <laughs> yeah, Parkinson's there, man? No, no. Not yet, anyway. Just uh, shaky hands that would prevent me from being a surgeon. Anyway, so yeah, I think all they right. would work pretty well in the Wii. I agree. Totally. Completely there with you. Alright, I think our last question that we got was asked by Zeromus. And he... Zeromus. Uh, Zeromus. Yes, Zeromus. he... <laughs> Zeromus. Zeromus. You have failed me for the last time, Zeromus. <laughs> yeah, he asks... Um, actually, he relates a story about how... Zeromus. <laughs> He was playing Spot for the NES, which is the 
Seven Up uh, mascot, whatever they had back then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it really, really pissed him off. The computer was uh, he thinks cheating, and <laughs> and he would rip out the game and throw it against the wall. Apparently, and shout, beat that move, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So he wants to know if we've ever had any any uh, similar experiences like that, where. Uh, Games get us really pissed off. And what games do it to us? Oh, wow. I can't remember how many times I've probably broken a controller. <laughs> really? Just because of being pissed off. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I can't name all the games where I've been fighting a boss only to lose and have to redo it all over and get so <laughs> fucking pissed that I just curse everything but the kitchen sink, man. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. I, I, I would imagine, uh, what's his name, Psychomantis did that to you. Oh, especially when the lights were turned out and all the electricity <laughs> went off. Oh, my God. I was yeah. so, That's probably the most angry I've ever been, Yeah. although realistically it wasn't. I, I find that I tend to be more angry when I'm playing, like, fighting games or stuff. I would call them brawlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I lose a fight or if I'm almost close to victory and I just miss it, yeah, I get incredibly pissed off. <laughs> Never forget a recent time when I was playing, because uh, I recently bought the sequel to this game, God of War. Uh-huh. Currently playing God of War 2. It's a great game. Awesome. But the first game made me so frustrated. I believe it was on the Medusa part where I was first fighting the Medusa and turning to stone. I wasn't rotating fast enough so the Medusa would hit me and break me to pieces. And I'd have to keep (laughs) doing this part over and over and over again. Like about the tenth time I tried, I lost. And I just lost it. I just took my controller and held it high and screamed some curse word and then slammed it to the ground and exploded. <laughs> and I went, oh, fuck, there goes 25 bucks. And it just parts everywhere. Medusa's a bitch. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Fucking bitch. And they're back in part two. Hate those bitches. Hmm. I'm... But, yeah, that's, that's probably the most recent memory of me getting really really pissed at a game so i mean what makes me pissed is when i lose which happens a lot Uh, yeah what makes me pissed is when uh, not only when i lose but when i lose at a game that i know i'm good at and i know i'm better than the person that beat me Oh, I bet that really oh. does make your blood boil. God, playing Counter Strike. There's no sometimes. way to prove it. You can't go. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm better than. Yeah, because they're like, oh, whatever. I just beat your ass. Yeah, man. I just kicked your ass. What are you gonna? You're better than me. I don't think so. Look at the score. Right. And, yeah, it makes me so mad, and I can't tell you how many times that happened when I was playing Counter Strike. Oh my God, people that yeah. I know I could beat hands down. Any day of the get week. Get out of town. Get out of town. Hands down, get out of town. Any day of the week. <laughs> and they would they would get a lucky shot on me, and I, ooh, I get pissed. Mm-hmm. And I've smashed keyboards because of it. I I did the same you thing you did with the controller. you a keyboard? Oh, yeah. I've ruined keyboards by smashing Real. my fist down onto oh. them. I feel like that crazy German kid on the internet. Yeah, except uh, my anger dissipates very quickly. I'll, I'll smash my fist onto the keyboard, and it's immediately better. You get really pissed 
and you explode, but then it's pretty much done. Yeah, and it just all dissipates. But I, like you, I have a recent experience of that. When I was playing Russian Attack for the NES... What's that? Uh, it's this uh, crappy NES game that's freaking hard, and it's a, just a bad game all around, where you attack Russians, I guess. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. you Actually, yeah, the story is you have to go in and kill... You have to destroy the Russian super weapon before they can use it. But uh, I was playing that game, and I would get to near the end, and it's one of those games where you have to start all over if you lose like a certain amount of guys. There are no continues. Yeah, yeah. So I would get to the end almost, and then I would die. And I smashed i the only nintendo controller i have is halfway busted to pieces because i smashed it every time i would lose i would smash it on the chair god we need those <laughs> we need nerf controllers apparently i guess because pieces of this That's were flying awesome out like this where the screws connected to the back side and the front yeah yeah and they yeah. the pieces would bust off and i'd still keep playing with it but god yeah, so I have a damaged controller right now. Yeah, have you seen those uh, Nerf controllers? Yeah, I think you showed me one when yeah, I was. That's uh, kind of a cool idea for, especially for people with our kinds of tempers. <laughs> yeah, It'd be awesome. It doesn't happen often, but and it never happens when I'm playing like uh, uh, <laughs> emulator <laughs> uh, on my laptop. A what? N- uh, emulator. I didn't say that. What's an emulator? When I'm playing an emulator on my laptop or something, I never let my anger get the best of me because I do not want to smash my laptop. No, absolutely not. That would be worse than smashing an NES controller. Yeah, you cannot replace a laptop for 20 bucks. No. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I think that's about it for listener questions. Yep. And we should move into the final segment, what we're playing. What have you been playing, Jim? Uh, not much. Not much. Really? I, <laughs> after... This will be the exact opposite of last time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because I think last time you had replayed every game you had had played your entire life. Yeah. Plus like 50 more. So. I believe the list was at least five or 600 games. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something. But this time I have two. What? Only two. Wow. I've been playing Darwinia some more. That was on my list last time. What is Darwinia? Oh, wow. How to describe Darwinia? It's an RTS game, for sure. But... Man, I hate RTS. Not a big fan. This one is really unique. It all takes place inside of a simulated computer world. Yeah. And you're basically playing as, like, a scientist looking in on this world. And the Darwinians are these little uh, virtual creatures Mm -hmm. that kind of have a life of their own and their own intelligence. And uh, you kind of have to direct them to take out this virus that has infected the universe. And it's it's really interesting. Like, you, you run different processes on the virtual world to control, like, to summon up, uh, like, soldiers or engineers or uh, or give them different moves and stuff, and you can upgrade the moves. And it's really, it's pretty interesting. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm also playing uh, another game. This is uh, just a 
casual game I've been playing on the side, Peggle. I you know it's all the rage right now, and I've pretty much. What the fuck is Peggle? Uh, Peggle is a casual is it, game. It's is like, it a... like Viva Pin Peggle. <laughs> it's nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that at all. It's it, you know the the game show. Uh, the Price is Right. Oh, With Bob Barker. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, uh, you know the game Plinko. Yes, it's yeah. a lot like that. Basically, you shoot these balls down onto pegs from the top of the screen, and you they each are worth different scores. Some of them will give you uh, special abilities, and uh, you just try and get a high score and beat all the challenges and stuff. So this game is basically not at all fun. Uh, not at all. No, it's a it's a casual game. It's like a pop cap. I think it's like Big Fish that makes it or something like that. Uh, so it's like the polar bear bowling game. It's just a yeah, the elf bowling or the kind of a distraction, but not really oh. hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Not not a lot of depth. No, definitely a casual game. Well, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I've been playing that to pass the time, and that's it. That's all I've been playing. Okay, well, let me uh, share with the listeners what I've been playing the last couple weeks. I have recently invested in Guitar Hero Two. And I know you were all about this a couple months back, Jim. Oh, yeah. Great and game. And now I'm finally getting into the FIVA. The FIVA. And, uh, wow. It's an excellent game. I have two guitars. So I actually play in the cooperative modes. Where Sweet. One is, one's lead, one's bass. And I never got to try that when I had the game. It is a lot of fun, and you can select. The great thing about it is, say, for example, if you're a guitar hero oh. in, in actuality and you're a great game player, you can still play with like your kid brother or with your mother or anybody else who is not you know, nearly as good because you can select individual difficulties on the same song, kind of like you can with the DDR. Hmm. So you can cool. play side by side with someone, and they're getting like two notes per minute, <laughs> and you're playing on hero mode. Yeah. You know? uh, so it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. I'm also playing. Um, I've been playing a lot of different games. I've been purchasing a lot of games. Um, playing Galactic Civilization too. What is that like? You explained it a little bit earlier. It's like an RTS game. Uh, well. No, it's no. not really. Okay. No, it's uh, it's actually a genre I like a lot better. If it was RTS, I wouldn't have bought it. It's actually turn-based. Strategy. Ooh, TBS. Yeah, is that the official abbreviation? <laughs> no, but those are the those. That is the acronym Isn't that for a it. Network. TBS. Yeah, the Superstation. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, it's a TBS. Turn-based strategy. Yeah. It's a lot like Master of Orion. Ah, gotcha. Game I was playing Mas- last time. Yeah. Master of so, Orion 2. It's just uh, way, way better. Oh, come on. No, no, it is. It, it's seriously the best TBS. Oh, you've played them all? No. I don't need to play them all. This is the best one. <laughs> oh, This I is see. the best. Hands down, get out of town. This is the best TBS for PC. <laughs> Very nice. I'll I'll leave it at that just because you rhymed so much. Uh, also, I've been playing um, Neverwinter Nights 2. 
Ah, okay. So so far, not nearly as compelling as uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. But a uh, very solid game nonetheless. So I didn't play two. I I played the original when it first came out. And this one's trying to be a lot more of a story-based adventure. Yeah. Whereas the first one was a lot. The first was one was like Diablo. Eh, it was more or less, hey, this is a cool little interface that will allow players to make their own adventures. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to make a little trial adventure to show you how it's done, but I think most fans were expecting a 3D version of, like, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, yeah. And it was advertised with Baldur's Gate 2, and those games had, those games have characters that are as memorable as they get. Mm-hmm. And Neverwinter Nights really did not deliver a Baldur's Gate-like experience. Yeah, I played... But, but that wasn't really the intention of of the game. I don't know, because it, it seemed very similar to me at the time when I was playing it. Um, I was also playing like games like Morrowind and uh, uh, Diablo 2 and Baldur's Gate, yeah. like you said. And it seemed very, very much in that genre. Well, it definitely is. I mean, the rule set's pretty much identical. They're all, I mean, at least with the Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights, the rule set's based on Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, mechanics aside, the story and the characters and the actual plot of the adventure, which was what was so great about, you know, BioWare's Knights of the Old Republic, was not really very strong in Knights, or in uh, Neverwinter Nights, at least the first one. Yeah. And as far as I can tell, um, Obsidian Entertainment really wanted to change that about this game. Mm-hmm. And Neverwinter Nights 2, at least the main campaign, is you know, 60, 70 hours long. And it's a true computer role-playing game experience with great characters, great voice acting, you know, the whole nine yards. The only problem with it so far even though I've upgraded my PC, is this game still doesn't run very well. It's a system hog, and it still has a lot of bugs in it, even with the, the latest patch. It's wow. still very, very buggy. Yeah. But uh, very, very, very fun as well. Is it still I the mean, same three-quarters view like it was the first time um, around? There are like three or four different camera oh, options, wow. and none of them are good. <laughs> awesome. They all suck, really. That's one of the key fault, faults with the game as well, is that the camera system sucks. So, I mean, most of the time I keep it at the three-quarters view because you can actually see everything, but you can have, like, a chase camera or, yeah, you know, any any kind of camera system you can think of. It's just none of them are perfect, so I leave it at three-quarters. Gotcha. Top down. All right. Any plan anything else? I just started God of War 2. Oh, uh, awesome. I know I was recently talking to Staffa, and apparently he has finished the game. Oh, Jesus. So, so, I mean, yeah, he's played it like 25, 26 hours. He's done. Maniac. That came out like a couple weeks ago, didn't it? Or a week ago? Uh, It came out last week, I think. (laughs) Yeah, wow. But I'm just now getting around to buying it, and... I am very much a documentary whore, uh-huh. and it comes with a bonus DVD packed full of hours and hours of making of content. That's kind of cool. So I actually, have, I've watched all of that. Oh, God. <laughs> so, so It's distracted you from actually playing the game. So, I, yeah. 
So I've actually watched more hours of that than I have played the game. Awesome. I only played the game for about two hours, so I'm just now starting. Hmm. And uh, so far, it's it's really satisfying. It has a great presentation, and uh, it's very very interesting. Yeah, I've uh, heard amazing things. I've only things. played it for a couple of hours, so yeah, I'll I'll get more. Uh, I'll I'll tell. Uh, you know, we'll have more discussions with the uh, listeners about this game, both on the forums and in subsequent podcasts when I've played more than, you know, like two hours of it. Yeah, I'd like to hear about it, because I've heard amazing reviews, and and it's, it's you getting... you still have your PS2? Uh, no, no. Otherwise, I'd still have my Guitar Hero 2. You need to fucking get one again, man. Oh, I will. I will. So that's it for me. Okay. Well, I think that's going to about do it for our show, then. What do you think? Yes, Jim, that about does it for me. All right, well, as always, if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, or you just want to chat with us, you can visit our forums at www.gongradio.com. Dot com! <laughs> that's, goddammit, G-O-N-G radio <laughs> dot com. Or you can email yes. us at powerplay at gongradio.com. And we can always use more reviews in iTunes. So if you like what you've heard, go ahead and leave us a review. And with that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I am Peter Street. What's the second one today?